Minus three is presented for the people by Caesar Sportsbook. You bet you get with Caesar's rewards. Must be 21 or older. Minus three with Dave Damaschek. Hi and hello, sports fans. We're just about on the cusp of another hot sports weekend. We got to break down what's going to happen in college football, in pro football, down the home stretch of baseball. And guess what? The puck's about to drop. Eddie Spaghetti's a little bit upset about what uh, one of the writers at The Athletic had to say about his favorite hockey bunch. Let's get into all of it, shall we? Welcome to Minus Three, and we will say hello right now to our main man, seated wherever he is, high on his perch above Hollywood, making all the big decisions. It's Kevin Hench. What's the poop, fella? Oh, my goodness. You know, I I like being right, Mm -hmm. except when I... My rightness is being confirmed by the Patriots sucking. That's not I mean, I wanted to be wrong about that. I did bet under eight and a half. So the blow will be cushioned by money coming my way. But that calamitous five minutes of of Mac Jones throwing a floater into the end zone for a pick. Nelson Aguilar fumbling, running down the sideline and then just the the chef's kiss, the high ankle sprain at the end, like the season exploding in front of our eyes uh, with a with a trip to Green Bay on the horizon. So, uh, you know, I don't I, I mean, we've got all the games on the screen. So, it, yes, you, I, I get it. And we've got listen. It really is a tale of two pigskin cities. We, we talked about it before the season kicked off. Which of those AFC East teams not named? Uh, Bills is going to be a factor. I couldn't make a decision. What's weird about Mac Jones is, and now he's hurt, and I don't know if he's going to play. Belichick is not a doctor. He made that clear at the podium earlier this week. Um, is uh, given what we know about Belichick and how he's able to, you know, marginally talented guys bring him along. It's weird that Mac Jones was pretty good, surprisingly so, a year ago, and he's kind of. He's kind of digressed, right? Is that a, 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 a? It's not like you think like, oh, this guy's going to be good once Belichick get, works with him a while. It feels like it feels like he's regressed, and maybe that's Matt Patricia's fault. How say you? Uh, well, some some of us said this was exactly what was going to happen, right? That that the there was a I don't want to say smoke and mirrors to to last season, but he certainly um, getting a. You can a good scheme can mask a lot of limitations, right? And and we'll we'll uh, we'll get to we'll break Eddie Spaghetti's heart with talking about Cooper Rush's performance on Monday night. You know, great game plan, well executed. You know, Matt Patricia, mediocre game plan, poorly executed. You know, I don't like it. Doesn't it feels like Mac Jones doesn't have a lot of help? Um, I mean, Devontae Parker is definitely an upgrade. Um, but that that it doesn't feel like that scheme is designed to maximize Mac Jones's ability. I I don't know that he's that good either. You know, we were talking last week about where Micah Parsons goes in that draft, and now it really is just Trevor Lawrence, Micah Parsons. It feels like as you as you as you look at at, at you know Justin Fields, Spaghetti sent out the stat. <laughs> Justin Fields has set a modern record for fewest completions after three weeks. 
Well, that is, by the way, that's my message. I delivered it earlier in the week on Minus 3. Go back and listen to that. A good chat with Neil Kulong, our guy, specifically about Lamar Jackson, the weird black cloud of uh, his contract or lack thereof and the way he's performing. But he's the anomaly. Him, Tua, maybe a couple other names out there. But yes, wring your hands locally, but make sure you're looking globally at what's going on in football. I don't know exactly why, and I keep taking the question to uh, to experts, the uh, Football America um, from coast to coast. No one seems to have a good answer for why defenses are winning against even the fancy pants QBs. I, I I keep reciting these stats. Yes, if you're a Steelers fan, you can be down in the dumps. Mitchell Trubisky ain't doing it. Put in Kenny Pickett. Well, Tom Brady's in for Tampa, and they ain't exactly setting the world on fire statistically. Um, Aaron Rodgers was shut out in the second half against the Bucks. They got a field goal in the second half against the Bears. One touchdown total against the Vikes. Mahomes Chiefs, they got a field goal at Indy last week. They were a defensive holding call that was a bad one away from getting shut out at home against the Chargers in the first half. Burroughs Bengals scored only a touchdown against the Steelers and the Cowboys. Russ's Broncos only have one touchdown in each of their three games. So this is a plague almost across the NFL. So let's keep that in mind. Let's try to have a Sunday. Well, that, that is We're a fair a point. Um, and, and other than the three horrible picks, Mac Jones actually played pretty well. Um, moved the ball. <laughs> Other than well, the but isn't guys. the story Lamar Jackson? See, only a Patriots fan could react that way. Like, man, really, the story was, man, Lamar Jackson, especially in the second half. Well, I mean, he's, he's already, even he's, more impressive with everybody else. Those names I just read off to you, everybody else playing mediocre at best, and he's doing what he's doing. It's remarkable he's, stuff. He's, he's already won an MVP. Like, he's a proven commodity. And, and, and so it's no surprise when Lamar Jackson dominates a game. But here's a theory, and I don't know if your your fancy pants experts have have come up with with anything like as good as this. But when you watched, because you know Spaghetti was mentioning all summer how improved the Giants' O line was, and how much how much they've committed to the O line, and how it's been a point of emphasis, and then their O line has improved from horrible to miserable. Like everybody's getting whipped again on every play. Could this be one of the like sort of that evolutionary thing where um, you're a big kid in high school, you're you're going to play one of these positions, but the athletes are all rushing the passer and the non-athletes are all protecting the passer. I mean, that is what it looks like in a lot of those games you just rattled off. There's a guy in the quarterback's lap immediately and, and well, that's I listen, I'm sorry to steer it back to the Steelers, but this is the thing that I keep pointing to, 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 I mean, like the sky is falling. The, the, you know, the end is nigh Steelers fans out there. They don't have their best player who also is one of the five best non QBs in the sport. It matters when he goes out and somebody replaces him, no matter if the Jersey remains black and gold, it does make a difference who actually is wearing that uniform. I wonder what's going to happen with your Cowboys real quick. We talked a little New York there you just touched on it the Giants the sad performance there a lot of Giants fans big takeaway there is uh we let one go feels to me like the Cowboys um you know they CeeDee Lamb just about let it go before the first half was out with that drop and the PI in the end zone I don't know um the big takeaway is though it's early Cooper Rush is not better than Kyler Murray or Dak Prescott. And that's another fascinating question. What is Jer trying to do? 
Why is he trying to gin up a controversy on his own team? That's a weird move, Jerry Jones. You do you, though. But while we're talking New York, just a quick shout out to our guys, Nick Costos and John Yastrzemski, who joined us on Mr. Lister on Tuesday night. We do it every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern. Last night on Tuesday, it was New York v. New York, an auspicious night potentially with Aaron Judge stepping to the plate, trying to smack 61. Spoiler alert, he didn't do it. Um, But these two waged war Um, on New York, mostly New York-specific sports questions like starting pitchers for the Yankees and Metropolitans since 1990. And, I mean, there, I don't remember how many there were exactly, Spaghetti, like 30 names or thereabouts. They swept the category, just about. They they missed Dave LaPointe combined. They got every other name on the list. It was crazy. It was great. Make sure you're looking for Mr. Lister on Spotify. These are guys that started for both teams? No, no. Start opening day pitcher. I'm sorry, oh, opening day, day pitchers opening day, opening day. for okay. the Mets or the Yanks. I'm sorry. Wow. Uh, since 90. And and they traded back and forth. And they also just about swept the Super Bowl 42 starting lineups. That's the Patriots and the Giants in the almost Patriots undefeated season of odd seven. It was really, been- it was impressive stuff. Great thanks to those guys. Make sure you're checking that out on Spotify Live every Tuesday night. And uh, while I'm promoting stuff real quick, make sure you're checking out every uh, everything on the Extra Points Network. Extrapoints.com slash arcade is how you play against us, with us. In the Pick'em game, Damashek did not uh, drape himself in glory last week. Once again, it's been a roller coaster. But like I say, it's just September. Well, you know, I'm still downloading the information. We're going to get better and better as the season goes along here. All right, Hench, Spaghetti, we're ready to roll. Before we jump into our picks for NFL Week 4 and maybe mix in some college football and otherwise, it's time for GOAT and GOAT of the Week. Who wants to go first? You, Hench? You ready to roll? Just real quick because you brought it up. uh, I do have to say this is how pathetic the Red Sox season. This is what we've been reduced to. We got swept four games in New York and if I was Alex Cora, I would have let them pop champagne corks for not letting the big guy break all the records against us. But, I mean, we were definitely pitching a kind of around him, but not to the extent the Blue Jays walked him four times. Like, that's just disgusting. That is what a really, Scrooge you got to be is, to do that, too. That is unacceptable. I mean, he would get one pitch per at-bat to try to go yard. Like, they walked him four times. Why not just drill him? That's such scumbaggery north of the border. Anyway. It really is. By the way, let's do a little, let's do some quick trivia here with Eddie Spaghetti, the youngster among us. Eddie Spaghetti, let's see, because what these guys fear, what these teams fear is they don't want for eternity to be on the wrong side of of a, a legendary home run. Who did Bill Mazeroski hit the home run off of in 1960? In Forbes Field, do you know Spaghetti? Is that uh, not Bobby Thompson, right? No, it's that's not. A, it's Bobby a pitcher. What, what, who's built? Wait, who's built Bobby Thompson? Then isn't Woodson won the shot around the world? Okay, Bobby that's Thompson hits home run off Ralph Bronca, October third, nineteen fifty-one. This Bill Mazeroski home run ends the nineteen sixty World Series oh. at Forbes Field. Tenth inning. Do you know that game took two hours? Tenth inning, 10-9 game, and it took under two hours. They had their own pitch clock. <laughs> well, I don't know the answer to that. Uh, I mean, I, I Yankee relievers, 1960, 
I mean, what I'm assuming. Do it was you know who Mark McGuire hit the home run off of Spaghetti? That's the one I remember. Steve Traxel. I, I don't remember that. I remember, little, him, that, I remember him giving that one. That also kind of that also kind of led into that led into my. You guys kind of stole my thunder with my my goat of the week was about that, and it was about the lack of pitches that Aaron Judge has been seeing to hit his home run. And my stance on it was, why are these teams intentionally walking and we're just giving him crap pitches to hit? When I don't remember any, like, no one talks about, oh, the, the pitcher who Roger Maris broke the record, the pitcher that McGuire did, or, you know, Bonds did 73. Like, no one talks about those guys. They don't, they don't matter. So just like, who cares? Just play regular baseball for the remaining, you know, eight, nine games, whatever the Yankees have left. I, I despise that totally. What cowardice, right? You know, Ted Williams famously, but besides the military service during his prime twice, the, the greatest tale you can tell about number nine, the Splendid and Splinter, is that in the last game of the season when he has a lock on 400, if he sits out, the skipper says, sit down. Let's not blow this Teddy ball game. He says, oh, no, 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 I'm playing. And what did he do? What did he hit, like eight for 11 or something like that to, to actually build upon 400? Yeah, he's, he's at three. He's at 399. Six or okay, something like it's going to round right. up, which I do wonder if he was at 401, if he would have said, yeah, cool. Like it would have been, <laughs> it would have, it would have, it would have rounded up to 400. So obviously he, he gets four hits or whatever it took to get to 406, which is, which is robust. Um, so, uh, all right, well, I'm going to jump in with some goats. Go ahead. And, and Dude, take I, it away. I, but you mentioned break and pop and champagne. One other good philosophical question for you real quick, Hench. If the dolphins, are the last 2022 team undefeated when they finally lose? Do Zonka and Mercury and the rest of the 72 undefeated Dolphins pop the champagne? I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I didn't know what was coming there. Wow. Okay. You have to think uh, about it. I, it is. I mean, it is getting, they're so lucky, right? That all we do is add games. Like they're, they're like, your record gets harder and harder to break because the schedule get only is going to go in one direction. Um, all right. So my goats there. So the coaching is just, I don't know what's going on. They don't know what's going on. It's so bad. Um, I'll, I'll start with uh, old friend, Andy Reed. Did, did, didn't that fake field goal have that same exact feel of the end of the first half against the Bengals in the playoffs last year, where it's like, hey man, we, we just can goof around. It's 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 sweet Georgia Brown. We're the Harlem Globetrotters. We do things a different <laughs> way. We don't need points. We don't need to kick a field goal. Like it's that casual mess around that, like, you know, they lost to the Bengals and and then they they lost to the Colts, where it's like, hey, a- Andy Reid, uh, this is this is gonna be a close one. Feel free to take all the points that that are, are there. Uh, so, so a really poor job uh, in Indy by by the Chiefs' coaching staff, obviously, and by the and by the officials with the Chris Jones penalty. Um, Cliff Kingsbury, okay, what is on that laminate? Your team cannot move the ball. Like, I, you, we should just do an apples to oranges thing where there's there's no laminate, there's no play calls. You literally send nothing into the huddle. And and Kyler goes get open, and he didn't run at all. He just, he just we were you know like it was all like okay, I'm gonna run the play, the plays that never work. I won't do the only thing that ever works on this team. Like by the way, why is Cliff Kingsbury your coach? I mean, what is his pedigree? 
what is he prove? Like, what is the one thing this guy is a genius at? It's like moving the football. Can't three and out, three and out, field goal, just garbage. So that that team, you're hurting Spaghetti's feelings. This was his Super Bowl pick. That team, I actually I sprinkled a little bit on that after he made such a compelling case, just a little. Uh, but but the the one that really got me. You know, and I know there were there were injuries as the game went along, but it's like, you know, you and I have been on this Chargers thing all summer, getting ready for the for the big 13 and four AFC West champs. Is it just not is Brandon Stale is just not up to the job? I mean, that team, that team was so totally unprepared to play an NFL game on Sunday in all phases, just getting thumped just dominated like you know the the loss to the chiefs is like all right just one terrible play 99 yard pick six you know you you as always you hung right with with the chiefs uh but but that game on sunday every time you looked up they were just there was just another like they were getting gashed for a huge run they can't protect the passer they can't they can't move the ball they can't run the ball like that team that team is a mess so I, it's week three. I'm I'm bailing on my Super Bowl pick, my over over ten wins pick. You know my AFC West champion pick. It's devastating. Uh, Bolts fans. Obviously. I'm I'm obviously a, a deeply loyal man, and so I couldn't possibly turn my back on the Chargers just yet. I have to give them one more week. Let's see how they bounce back, or if they can bounce back in Week Four. I hear you, and I think that you know they always they do that thing. Hey, go one and zero this week. Every win and every loss isn't equal to what it means over the remainder of the season. I think that's a massive loss because if they win against the Jags, if they survive that one. Even with the injuries, now Bose is down for a while. It's a, you know they, the the you know Keenan Allen hasn't been right so far this season, and now you know Rashawn Slater, their left tackle, after you know a decade of not having a decent offensive line, it seemed like they finally had one put together. I do think that there you might be onto something. Maybe Staley just ain't up to ain't up to task because if we assume that the Chargers aren't going to win the division now. Now the Jags, that head-to-head is meaningful to them. And if they had survived the Jags and knocked them down, Jacksonville 1 and 2, that will come back up in late December when we're looking at wildcard standings and they'll, and they'll still have that head-to-head over them. Letting that one go on a random September Sunday is, is going to loom large for them, especially with all the tough games they have upcoming within the division. Yeah, that's a good one. Do you have anybody sunny you want to give a goat to? Well, and then and then real quick, just because I, I oh, would be remiss if I didn't lump him in with the with the apparently terrible coaches. But Josh McDaniels now five and 20 in his last 25 uh, games in the big boy. Chip. What now? So, I mean, you're getting into rich co territory when you're five and 20 in your last 25 games. Is this is this a small sample size? No, this is this is. The NFL doesn't give you 25 games to prove you're a good coach. So uh, that doesn't bode well for, for the future in Vegas. Um, but my goat, my goat goat, despite all that terrible coaching, um, it was wild wa- seeing like Trey Lance gets hurt. And there's this sense that the better quarterback is now pl- under center. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo is now under center. The Niners have a better chance now than than Trey Lance learning on the job. But man, did Jimmy Garoppolo show us on Sunday night 
why Kyle Shanahan knows, and Kyle Shanahan does know offensive football. And Jimmy Garoppolo's limitations on full display against a not very good Broncos team that could have been put away so easily. But I'm just going to pick, I'm just going to point out three throws. These are throws, you know, this is what, this is, you know, it's like the NBA. Hey, it's a, it's a, it's a shot making league. You got to make shots. You got an open look. You got to make it like you got to make throws. So Jimmy G, these three throws are, are insane. Debo runs the Texas route where the, the he comes out of the backfield and he gets the defender on his back. So he doesn't separate, but he's Debo by by having the defender on his back. He's essentially separated because everything in front of him is Debo. He the, the defender. You can't get around Debo the way he's shaped like. So you just lay the ball out. If you put it right in front of him or a couple yards in front of him, all this space is Debo space and and Garoppolo manages to throw a wobbler behind Debo almost behind the defender it's a short pass it's a check down it's such a shitty pass that was number one horrible throw number two also to Debo he's bracketed and there's a third guy in the frame when he tries to jam the ball into him uh on the on the critical drive for the pick, and then the third throw where Shanahan must just be like, man, uh, this guy's not up to it. The last throw of the game, he scrambles. Jeff Wilson, he can almost touch Jeff Wilson. He's so close to him, he almost bounces the throw. Jeff Wilson has to take it off his shoe tops. Like, hey, we're right next to each other. Can you throw a ball five yards accurately? No, no, I mean – Jimmy G approved all reminded us Trey Lance had made us amnesiacs, you know, kind of, you know, unfairly in the monsoon against the bears. And then he gets hurt, but we're like, Oh, okay. Well, this guy went to the super bowl. This guy had a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter of a super bowl. He blows, he blows that the Niners have a, a major problem at quarterback. Uh, he's my goat uh, uh, of the week. Um, my good goat. <laughs> I was going to say, I thought you had lost uh, the rules of this. We want a goat, but then we also want to hear a goat of the week. Oh, was I That's supposed to start? To was I supposed to start with a good guy? I don't care how you do I it, friend. I start with my you. good goat because we were, we were right around this game. I thought I'd let a, let a little content accumulate before I, I reminded poor Spaghetti of my good goat, which is Cooper Rush. I, I just like... He I, he was outstanding. Obviously, if you add in the C.D. Lamb drop, his numbers were already great. And if you add in the the, the long bomb uh, in the bread basket, and you, you know, I know defenses obviously make a difference, as you pointed out. That 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 Bucks defense is making a lot of good quarterbacks look bad. But it wasn't just the defense on opening night against Dak. That team looked. The, the Dallas offense looked like it was the first time they had played together. I mean, the the double reverse where the, the second pitch goes forward, everyone's confused. And this is this thing, right, of like no one's going to play in the preseason. And then the first month of the season starts to look an awful lot like preseason football. Cooper Rush comes in prepared, right? That offense, that scheme, those play action, rolling the pocket – Everything looked very well synchronized. The, you know, even the the third and twelve uh, pitch to to Zeke 
you know, uh, uh, Wink Martindale is going to bring the house and they got all of that pressure was going to come up the middle. And as soon as they pitched it to Zeke on third and 12, you're like, I don't think there are any bodies out there. They, there is there there there's a convoy of blockers. As soon as he got the ball, I was like, they're going to get a first down. I mean, I thought that offense looked very good. I know you're you're wondering what Jared's doing, but as I watched it, I was like, I mean, it sounds insane, but Cooper Rush, what whatever athletic gap there is between Dak and Cooper Rush, Cooper has closed a big portion of it through preparation he he just looked i mean i i thought he looked fantastic and uh he doesn't he doesn't lose games so that's my good goat of the week it's cooper rush i don't want to be a curmudgeon about cooper rush nice story but as taylor heineke louis domingue anyone else can tell you if you're cinderella and the glass slipper fits the trick is to go home from the ball before it cracks i don't know if that analogy really works but yeah but you, you pick you're picking up what i'm laying down cooper no, rush, the trick the trick over the next 14 weeks will not if you if you played um two seasons side by side in the metaverse dak prescott would result in more wins for the dallas cowboys as the starter than cooper rush would i i get that people are excited about it but it the, well it, i guess what i'm a, saying i guess what i'm saying is hey cooper could you coach dak up a little bit on what it takes to be prepared to, to move the ball up and down the field because <laughs> Jack is more, more talented. But the trick is not to go home before the clock strikes midnight. The trick mm-hmm. is the Brock Osweiler trick. Get a huge contract. That's right. Then, prove, then prove you're not you're not up to the job. Uh, all right, who, go, who are your goat and goat? Right, Matt Flynn, right, exactly. Matt Flynn rule. Play the one game. Have the one. <laughs> Scott Mitchell, have a good two-week audition. Then no more, no more. I don't want to get hurt for my big free agent deal that's coming in the offseason. All right, speaking of that sort of thing, big, big uh, second contract and all that, shout out, go to the week, Lamar Jackson. I listed off all the brand name QBs who are struggling or at least not performing like the superstars they've been over the courses of their over the course of their careers. Lamar Jackson setting the world on fire still in a big spot for him as an individual playing for that big contract or potentially will get tagged. We'll see how that all goes. Um, but as a reminder, they don't have Ronnie Stanley who at his best has been an all pro level left tackle, which is more important when they want to run the ball as much as they do. And he's been out for now the better part of a year and a half. JK Dobbins is just now getting back out there. No matter Lamar Jackson putting up huge numbers, no matter the foe and you know where Mac Jones is and what this is going to mean for the Patriots. And you talk about now being down on the cards and you referred to Jimmy G and the Niners. And now you're not very high on, and then, see, that's glass half empty thinking, Hench. Thank goodness Damashek's here to provide the sunshine once again. This is the great time, given the limited um, amount of information we have three weeks in. Now everybody, again, they are, everybody has it figured out, including the bookmakers. So I've gone through on Caesars, and I just want to point out, this is a great time for uh, an aggressive, risk-taking gambler here. 
The Jags are plus 200 to win the AFC South. The the secret's out on them. People like them, and yet they're still behind the Colts. The Broncos, laugh it up all you want. They're 2-1 and one and could be 3-0 and oh if Javante Williams wasn't fumbling at the goal line against Seattle. That offense is going to get better, right? Isn't that more likely to happen than um, whatever um, dent you can put in what's happening with Nathaniel Hackett? They could be 3-0. and oh. The Bungles are three, plus 325, and the Brannies are plus 340. I happen to still like the Ravens to win the division but both of those are pretty good especially if the bungles take care of business on thursday night against the dolphins they're going to be two and two and that brings me to the schedule makers who also deserve a shout out i give them a lot of crap but how about the fact that we're going to be at essentially the quarter pole of the regular season and either josh allen's bills or lamar jackson's ravens are going to be 500 two and two they could be even up with the bengals could be the ravens and what if it goes the other way and the Dolphins take care of business, and the Bills lose, they'd be two games away, two plus away, because they already would have had a head-to-head loss against Miami, plus Miami beat New England. This idea that the Bills are the prohibitive favorite and don't worry about what's going on, that was a a bump in the road. Week four could prove large when we're looking at these standings once again in, uh, in September. And by the way, I think this is a elimination game in the MVP chase. Josh Allen is still your favorite at plus 300. Lamar Jackson is at plus 700. Whoever loses that game can't be the MVP almost, right? I mean, they'd have to have a gargantuan individual statistical game to stay in the chase. Anywho, all hash has not been settled yet. And in part, that's thanks to the schedule makers upcoming in week four. Hench. Well, a couple thoughts. One, I, you know, I think we were on the opposite sides of this game. I took the Dolphins plus the points against the Bills because even though the, the Bills blew out the Titans, you can only send the cart out so many times, as you and I have talked about. Right. You know, uh, it's going to make a difference. And so the Bills kind of, the Bills sort of dominated that game against the Dolphins if you look at the total yards. But, you know, when you're starting a new secondary, you know, you just need a couple of plays that they didn't have their playmakers to make. Um, so so I kind of feel it, it wasn't quite as egregious as what the Bills went through against the Titans in Buffalo. But I like the Bengals because I think the Dolphins just have to have an emotional and physical letdown after an, just an ex- insanely violent competitive game uh, against the Bills. Uh, so kind of snaps in that heat and everything. Yeah. Okay. That's like fair. The, that the does make sense. On the short week to, to get right uh, at home against the Dolphins. Well, I mean, the point is that um, there are some fun plays out there on the board for you right now. And just because a team's in first place right now does not uh, give them that the, the, if the C, if the regular season ended today, as it happens, I'm almost positive Raj is going to do whatever he can to get all the regular season games in. So we we, we don't need to keep referring to if the regular season ended today because it's highly unlikely it's going. <laughs> now, my go to the week, that's my go to the week, was Lamar Jackson, but then it's launched me into um, tipping my I thought it was the schedule maker. makers. I was, bu- I was I was I'm a generous week. soul. Okay. I'm a generous soul. Now, now, now it's going to get ugly. Because my go to the week is whoever's responsible for hurricane names. Yes, it's my annual complaint in hurricane season. First of all, we wish the people well in uh, in Florida against this hurricane. But Ian, Ian is what we're going with here. It's a it's a bad name for a baby and an even worse name for a hurricane. Um, 
if your house is flooded by Ian, it's like getting beaten up by a guy named Grant or losing a football game to the Cleveland Browns. It, it, we've had, in this millennium, we've had Hurricane Sandy, Hurricane Francis, Hurricane Keith. The reason it's so vexing to me is because there's an obvious fix out there provided by pro football. It's a bottomless well of options that at least sound intimidating and then provide you a little bit of dignity if you get beaten up by, you know, you lose to Smoke and Joe, it's not as embarrassing. Same thing with this. If you lose to Hurricane DeBrickashaw, Hurricane (laughs) Stonebreaker, Hurricane Merciless, but just in this name alone, Hurricane Whitney, not good, but Hurricane Merciless, yes. Hurricane Tumor, I wouldn't want that thing growing and growing uh, as it gathers uh, steam around me. Mean Hurricane Green, I'm going to go with a hockey one here. Category 4 storms don't play by the rules. That's why Hurricane Truba makes sense. You understand what I'm saying here, (laughs) Spaghetti? Well, you're you're missing an obvious one. Well, I, I think the best one of all. Listen, it's it, the natural disaster version. Um, hurricane, like Hurricane Ian beating you up is the same thing as beautiful celebrities may, uh, dating Pete Davidson. It just doesn't make sense. I'd rather beautiful people only be with beautiful people. Getting slammed by Hurricane Dick would make some sense. Butkus knows what I'm talking about. Come on, let's do this. This is great. We got to be almost out of names anyway, right? Well, how about Hurricane Carter? (laughs) Hurricane, Hurricane. Here comes the story of Hurricane. You get it. Yes, Hurricane, Hurricane is perfect. All right, there you go, uh, Spaghetti. You've given us your go to the week, but now give us a little sunshine. Tell us your go. Right, yep. I gave you uh, the Aaron Judge, the the pitchers who were afraid to throw to Aaron Judge. By the way, too, so I'm quite excited about Judge. Uh, The most called strikes below the knees in the MLB, 30 pitches below the knees uh, called strikes by him, by far the first. Um, So tough, tough year all around. He's having an eye line. That's umpire eye line, right? (laughs) Pretty much. His his knees are four feet, six inches off the ground, so I'm not really crying about that. That's fine. But, um, I almost went uh, – so I'm going with my good goat, the Giants uh, uniforms. The Giants now, last week, color rush, the white ones. People love them. Again, you know, the team may stink and has stunk for quite some time, but they put out really good uniforms. Now they stink? No, no, no. But I mean, I mean, like, since, you know, there's, since their playoff run in 2016, we'll run playoff appearance. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, they're coming out with the, the jerseys that, you know, when I grew up and I had all these pictures in my house or my, you know, dad showed me stuff, it was the Giants with the blue jerseys, the white numbers, the red outline with the red and white um, stripes in the sleeve and that helmet that says Giants across it with the underline. It's a navy blue helmet, the ones that Phil Sims wore in LT. Um, and they're bringing those back. And that, that to me is pretty special. That's, you know, how I was introduced to the Giants. So it's a really good thing um, to see that. And I, they have not had a great record switching from their primary uniforms. But I think first the Bears this week, um, which we'll get into picks later, I think they'll they'll take care of business. So good goat is the Giants. At least you look good uh, playing on the field despite many losses with those uniforms. Uh, Spaghetti, what's number what's number 64's name? Right guard? Uh, uh, Glowinski on the Giants, I believe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He looked sharp, flat on his ass. After getting dump trucks, man, the uniform looks sharp as as you lay there helplessly. Like how it's so weird for guys who weigh that much to just topple. Like how is it physically possible that you're just getting knocked on your by a forearm shiv 
Like, like what? Like it's, it's not physically possible, but I was thinking of poor Evan Neal, who was supposed to be the solution, right? Okay, guys, we got to, we know the problem is the O-line. We got to address the O-line. And then I was thinking about Evan Neal's thought process Monday night and how he's like, um, Hey, I can't block this Micah Parsons guy. Am I going to have to block him at all in the next in the next fifteen years? Is this going to come up again? It's like, oh yeah, you can't <laughs> block him now. You're never going to be able to block him. It's so it's so sad. Uh, you're just going to spend like talk about not being able to sleep at night. This is got to be just thinking about this getting whipped by this guy who runs. <laughs> four, Please trade me. <laughs> Evan, don't worry. In 10 years, he'll only run a 4-4-40. Then maybe you can keep up with him. He's a game wrecker. Getting drafted into the Pacific Division in uh, the NBA when Shaq is there with the Lakers. Yeah, like, I I don't want to be in this division. I don't care. I have my dignity to worry about. Hey, let me squeeze in a quick break here and tell you about that uh, Caesar, Cleo, the Mannings, Henrik Lundqvist, and now yours truly, yes, Minus 3 is now a proud member of the Caesars Empire. And you know what it is that sets Caesar Sportsbook and Casino apart from all the others? It's the perks. This is the only sports betting app with Caesars rewards. So every time you place a bet, win or lose, you get reward credits, which you can use towards game tickets, bonuses, experiences, free stays at iconic Caesars destinations, and more. And your very first bet, it's on Caesars, up to $1,250. If you win, congrats. If you don't, you'll get it all back as a free bet. That first bet also gives you 1,000 tier credits and 1,000 reward credits, putting you closer to the types of perks only Caesars can offer. So download the app, use promo code CZRFULL, Full. And go full Caesar this season. Oh, and Caesar Sportsbook and Casino plays by the rules. They comply with all the legalities of the sports betting world. So here comes the lengthy, unabridged, national, responsible gaming disclaimer. 21 and older, 19 and older in Ontario must be physically present in in Arizona, Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, uh, Iowa, Kansas, uh, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Nevada, New Jersey, New York. Ontario and Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming, or Washington, D.C. Sports betting is void in Georgia, Hawaii, Ohio, and Utah, and other states where prohibited. Know when to stop before you start. Gambling problem. Illinois, Maryland, New Jersey, Virginia, West Virginia, PA. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling and referral services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER or Maryland. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or in West Virginia, call 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in Arizona, 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Colorado, D.C., Nevada, Wyoming, Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 in Indiana, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF in Louisiana, call 1-877-770-STOP in Michigan, 1-800-270-7117, New York, 877-H-O-P-E-N-Y, Ontario. You can visit C-O-N-N-E-X-O-Ontario.ca. And in Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. Real quick, I don't mean to be a curmudgeon. It's a tasting, but I am the uniformant after all. I contend that everybody's swooning over these Giants uniforms. It's owed to exactly what Spaghetti said. It's nostalgia. You grew up watching them. They want, you know, Phil Simms and Jeff Hostetler and LT and all of that happened in those uniforms. So you vibe to them for that reason. They're not better. If you if they walked into a room alongside the Eli era uniforms, you would choose the Eli no. era ones. That's that, that, that's what I think. No, you're wrong. I mean, that's my belief. You're definitely wrong. I'm looking at it objectively. I, I have I have no rooting interest between the the 20th century Giants and the 21st century Giants. I'm but, These are but I am the uniform. The saying Giants and the helmets better than the helmet being in different shades better. The white pants with the stripes on the side are better than the gray pants they have with the Eli era. Even like the the early Eli era when they went fully, the tops are just blue. Like you're just a blue jersey. I know they're called big blue, cool. but there's no shade of red, and they've always had the red uh, you know part of the uniform for quite some time. So I. Think think you know wearing these here and there are it's a great move and they have no bad uniform so it's a it's a good job but i think lately your your take on my team's roof for the, the notre dame green like the numbers you don't like that you don't like these giants ones you've been you've been off lately oh well listen i love when people charge me with bias where uniforms are concerned That's the best bad. uniforms in sports are the philadelphia flyers penn state I love the Islanders uniforms, and those are right at the top of my list of most hated teams in sports. I'm not biased against them. I just don't necessarily get them. By the way, we're not going to do it today. Go ahead. Because obviously there's no uniform that's ever been made that you can look good in whiffing like the Giants offensive line. Like there's no, you know, like that guy, he looks sharp. (laughs) He looks sharp. But I did, I wanted to uh, come back to that game because to their credit the giant staff was like okay we gotta we gotta give these guys some help and i have never seen two tight ends with on the chip as badly as your two guys spaghetti where it's like you this is the easy part you just have to get you you're spotting a guy bench pressing you just have to provide 10 percent of the block on this guy and twice the chipper whiffed and then his guy got demolished. So uh, I don't know if it's if it's coaching or technique or personnel, but uh, I, I was very high on this this guaranteed Giants 4-0 start 
until that. Well, day. by the way, with that spaghetti, I you know I was listing off all those teams that uh, have plus odds to win the division. The Dolphins are plus. I mean, uh, yeah, the the Cowboys, I should say, are plus four thirty. The Eagles are prohibitive favorites, relatively speaking, to to win that. I I, I know obviously where they are right now. The Giants are plus a thousand. Are you going to take that action? Jump in on that spaghetti. No, I don't think Cowboys so. even at plus four thirty is interesting. At least it's not like the Eagles are that far. I mean, I have the Eagles. I ha- I've had them since August to win the division, but that seems uh, like because Cooper Rush is in there for the next week or two more that for the Eagles to be that far ahead of two halfway decent teams. So you're not, so you're not in on the journey. I don't think so. I'm coming around more on the Eagles. Um, I think Jalen Hurts, who I was critical of is doing a fine job in the passing game. And uh, I think this game they have versus the Jaguars will, will tell us a lot. I also think the Cowboys are also a very flawed team and yeah, they beat the Giants. Doesn't really say much. I think they'll have a couple stinkers uh, ahead, even if it's with Dak and people kind of uh, cool on them a bit. I think it's basically up to the, the it's the Eagles division to lose. I think at this point. So I, I wouldn't really stray from that. All right. Uh, going through uh, some of the lines. Quick, we, go for ahead. The, for the Eagle, I mean, you know, watching the Eagles on both sides of the ball, it does feel like there's a, a gulf between them and the rest of the division, but particularly on the offensive side of the ball where, you know, Brown is a number one receiver. Like that's a, that is a legit number one receiver. And then you're like, Oh, this Heisman Trophy winner is is option two, and Devontae Smith had a huge game. You're like, okay, you got to pick your poison, and if you pick this guy, this guy's going to beat you. If you try, you know, if you try to zone it up, like the, the QB can run. Like I don't, there, nobody really seems to have come up with the combination to that lock. Uh, so, so I, you know, the Eagles, in fact, obviously pulling away from their division rivals. But at the beginning of the season, a lot of Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady meet, meeting in the NFC Championship game, and and I think the Eagles have reeled in those teams. They 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 look like the real deal across the board. I hear you. And the other thing is too that's vexing. I keep going back to because you know I I'm getting an outsized uh, amount of Steelers concern. Every, oh well, they're one and two. Everybody just just chill out. Um, but what you do see with Jalen Hurts, what he's doing is, and maybe this is overly simplistic, but he's just taking shots. He just throws it. He, he throws the deep ball and says to A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, be better than the guy trying to stop you from catching it. And more often than not, they're coming down with it. Good wide receivers in those 50-50 balls don't let the ball get intercepted. That's the key detail. Like if you're throwing them up and, and you know, a third or a quarter of the time, the, the, um, the the DB is is coming away with it. Well, then that's an issue. But the good guys who are skilled and trained at doing that in uh, you know downfield throws also have a knack of making sure that the defender doesn't get the ball. This is what we need more of. I don't know what's happening. What are what is Aaron Rodgers seeing or not seeing? Or Brady? I know he doesn't have his weapons out there. Or Mitch Trubisky, for that matter, that has so many QBs gun shy about taking shots this year. It's it's weird. I can't figure out what's going on with defenses so far that has them winning so much. Or maybe it's, it's just crazy, a focus on the it, value of edge rushers and it, drafting it was, them where you're drafting was, them. It was sad, obviously, for Spaghetti, but, you know, you hate to see a guy get hurt, but when when um, Shepard went down at the end of the game, non-contact injury on this field turf, the spaghetti's been warning us about. He should be like Aaron Brockovich. He should bring a class action suit on behalf of uh, all the non-contact injuries 
on that turf. But, you know, when you're trying to find when you've got the practice squad wide receiver falling down on his route for the pick of the game. And then and then you're looking at those Eagles weapons that, you know, you talk about throw it up for grabs. Yeah, there better be an elite athlete on the end of that 50 50 ball or you are going to throw a lot of picks and watching and rooting for because I bet on the Giants, Daniel Jones to move the ball down the field. It is weird, even when you're in home run scenario where it's like we got to be getting chunks fast to have a chance in this game. It still feels like a Saquon trap gives you the best chance of an 80 yard play. Like you have no chance of an 80 yard play. If you throw the ball deep to Kenny Galladay, I have to jump into it. The it's field so turf true. stuff because 28% more injuries occur on field turf than they do in grass. That just been coming out after the Sterling separate stuff. And even Odell Beckham like tweeted about it saying like, cause he was injured on that field as well. Like you just mentioned, David still slipped on the play. Didn't get hurt, but slipped, which caused the interception. Uh, I mean, I've seen countless injuries there. John Harbaugh has been pretty vocal about how bad their field turf is. Like they, they built this new stadium and it doesn't have a dome. It just a gray air conditioned looking box. And you have the worst like field turf in the entire league. I'm not sure of the worst surface, but they said arguably the worst field turf in the league. The, MetLife is a, a, a total, Piece of crap. Those, uh, those small market teams have to cut corners. Well, remember when the Steelers played on natural grass and they were one of the last teams to do it. But then in that climate, then by December and if there are more than one game a week going on out there and Pitt shares the stadium. And that is true in a lot of pro football stadiums. Someone else is going to use it when they're not there. And um Remember how burnt out it was and the complaints from that. So I don't know what the answer is outside of him. It's going to make me sick if just every NFL stadium. Between now, hey, uh, Chicago needs a dome. It's too cold for the fans. It ain't right to play that way. Now it's too hot in Miami. Well, I mean, it's just going to wind up domed, and I'm going to be upset about it, and I'm going to be discouraged from going to pro football games. So you do you, Raj, but just know the Damashek's butt may not be in the seats if if uh, this is where we wind up in a decade from now. All right, let's get into our picks. I'm going to blow through my college football picks, jump in with any thoughts on these, my, uh, my six best bets of Saturday. Penn State laying 25 and a half. They... Um, we're not great, not fired up last week. They'll fix that this week, and they'll house a, uh, a conference game. UNC, the Heels, Spaghetti was happy to see them on the wrong side of things against the Irish this time. The Heels on the right side of things. Lay the nine there. Iowa State and Kansas, two feel-good stories here. People over the moon about the Jayhawks. The one thing I'm sure of, I don't know how the game's going to go, except to say over 58 and a half. Auburn finally too talented. They can't get dumped every week. Plus nine. I like that. West Virginia and Texas. I'm going under 62 on that. And Indiana, as bankable as it gets. One thing they do is they score a lot of points, especially in the second half. Nebraska, a tick better. Still some decent pedigree there um, in Lincoln. Over 61 and a half. If you want to weigh in on those, great fellas. Otherwise, let's jump into our best bets of the NFL week four. Hench, why don't you start us off? All right. Well, I assume, I mean, I, this line may already have moved, but it's like Patriots only uh, uh, getting 10 and a half at Green Bay. Nine and a half now, and the total's 40 and a half. What? That game's going to be 41 to three. I don't like what, like that is, uh, you know, he, Mac Jones can't play. That, that's a high ankle sprain. I, I, I mean, is it not official yet that he's not playing? 
I mean, it's got to be. And, and if it's not, talk about dignity and and uh, and the way things look from the outside. I mean, Mac Jones has to for for his own sake. Doesn't he have to say, like, there's no way I can play uh, one week after I behaved myself the way I did on the field. I mean, he was like crying on the field because he got hurt. Like, you can't then be like, yeah, it turns out I'm okay. Rub some dirt on it. It's got to be like, that was devastating and everybody saw it. No, that's weeping the, on the, the I mean, obviously he's hurt, but like in soccer, the guys call for the stretcher yeah, right. and then they're fine. You're not right. Even, that's kind of how it was. You're not injured at all. Uh, he's obviously injured. By the way, either way, if he tries to play on it, still take the Packers. And, and if he doesn't, I mean, I, right. I is, is, is Hoyer the, the option there? He's lost his last 11 starts. And you, you know, you mentioned how, how frustrated that Aaron Rodgers has been by some decent defenses. Obviously the Bucks defense is excellent, but like Aaron Rodgers would very much like to get his stats, right? There, there's going to be a lot of play action. If, if he's up 28 to three, like, I, I just, I can't see that not. You're crazy. I mean, when have you seen? I'm, I'm trying to think of it in my head. 28 to 3 in the Super Bowl against the Falcons is as close as I can remember to having seen the Patriots get blown out in 20 years. Okay, the Ravens did it to them in the wild card round in Foxborough that one year, 33 10 or something like that, if, or 33 14, something along those lines. But. It's pretty rare that the Pats get destroyed. Do you think the the, the Packers are going to humiliate them in yeah. Lambo? And, okay. and and you and I have had this conversation where you know you, you know people talking about the Steelers this the Steelers that when you when you took your boy to the Chargers game that they almost pulled out last year and you know they were down seven starters and you were trying to make the point of like it there's no like Steeler aura or Mike Tomlin aura like it is about the guys that are actually playing. And I, you know, do, do you did you watch the the Patriots defense last week and think that's a good unit? That's a solid unit. Like the Patriots are bad on both sides of the ball, and uh, and and they're going to get destroyed. All right, enough enough okay. time on that game. As I did mention, I I do I do love uh, uh, the Bengals in the. Third but your guy, I'm just curious. Are you going over the forty and a half? No. You're not, so they're going to destroy them. But, but the Packers That's are going to score all the, the points. Patriots are going to okay. score. All right, by the all way, right. by the way, speaking of over unders, and I, I know, I know, our our fearless leader is the king of the bed aches, but it was six three with nine minutes left in the third quarter. Cowboys Giants Monday night. My under thirty nine was looking. Didn't look like I was going to push my under thirty nine. Was six to three with nine minutes left. That was that was a, not a bad beat, but a very bad push. Um, so I do like the Bengals uh, to cover. I, what I'm seeing now is four. I just think it's going to be hard, short week for the Dolphins, you know, to 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 come up with it again. And by the way, this was, you know, my back has gone out. My back has gone out several times. My back has gone out on the athletic fields of Los Angeles. Um you don't look like you're knocked unconscious when your back goes out. We've all seen boxers and hockey players. We know what that looks like to a, this idea that they just said, yeah, no problem. (laughs) Nothing to do with his head. Nothing to do with his head. Like, yeah, he hit his head on the, he, we saw his head bounce back. So so much of it seems to hinge on like, no one will really follow up on this. I mean, like, 
How dumb would we all have to be? To well, what's wild about, about seeing a guy who's obviously out on his feet doing all the out on his feet moves is <laughs> ridiculous. Like, you know, Edelman got knocked unconscious in one of those Super Bowl wins where like everybody wants the guy to play. The guy wants to play. That's you right. Know, right. So like when the NFL PA goes, we're going to look into Look into what your your union member desperately wanting to get back out there. Like, how how are you going to how are you going to police this when the players themselves want the blue tent to go away? That's exactly right. We talk about the the tension or, or lack thereof that like the reason that these things don't go anywhere or not to a satisfying conclusion. If you don't care about football is, is that as fans. We don't want anything to get in the way. Whatever diabolical stuff is happening at the ownership level or whatever ugly storyline breaks or, or or this kind of stuff, we're like, we really want to see Burrow versus Tua. That's, I mean, that's a fun game. Like we, we, don't, we don't want the backup for Miami, and this is what we're rooting for. But then you have to – but then as long as you go on social media after and you tweet out the prayer hands, all is right. Then 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 uh, your empathy is is uh, in good shape. But, yes, I that's exactly – Terrell Davis, yes. Everybody for, for but now it's it's settled fact to most football fans. Like, yeah, he got a migraine in the second quarter. Yeah, but then he came back. And said, what? Did you watch the game? He took a headshot. He yeah. was like he stumbled around. He couldn't say he fumbled the ball. He was out on his feet. He went and stood on the sidelines. He was back for the third quarter. That migraine, man. Yeah. Good thing he had that medicine ready to go. Unrelated to the spearing <laughs> in the temple. Um all right. My you know, I'll do one more best bet and then and then I'll weigh in on yours. Uh, I, I like these lions. I like these lions. I, I, I'll, I'll give the four and a half, uh, hosting Seattle. They, they move the ball like crazy. You know, there's no drop off when Jamal Williams is in the backfield. Uh, and you know, in fact, some probably think he's a little, little more consistent than Deandre. Um, and, and obviously, uh, the receivers are good. Goff seems to have recaptured that Rams magic a little bit. That was a game when you're trying to watch all the games at once, you go, oh, I can start paying a little less attention to that screen because it seems like the Lions have that one in good shape. And then you glance down, and you're like, hey, what the hell happened down there? Like that they, they were up two scores. Like what? How are they out of timeouts? They were ahead the whole second. How do you burn your timeouts when you're ahead? Anyway, I mean, so Dan I Campbell know. did ultimately cost them. But yes, you're right. They're playing better than I expected them to. So 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 maybe, you know, even though we all want it to, to work out for Dan Campbell, maybe maybe he's he's not the greatest. But I do think the personnel is is there. And, and I like them laying a pretty big number for the lowly Lions uh, hosting hosting Seattle. What do you got? Um, all right. I, I mean, I don't know why I even would start with this one. I don't even know why I would bring it up. But, I mean, come on. The worm's got to turn here. It's Zach Wilson and the Jets. Steelers in Akershire, Yins. Lay the three and a half. I mean, three and a half against the Jets in Pittsburgh. Shame the devil. Now, I don't like the people who are treating it like it's a it's a get-right game. It's, it's similar to – well – the the, re, the the swing in emotions for Giants fans. It's funny because we were laughing about it on Tuesday night with Costos and Yastrzemski that Giants fans didn't have high hopes. But then at two and zero, now I don't, maybe 
you know, division title. Yeah, let's see what happens in January, too. Let's not let's not uh, put a ceiling on this thing. Now the Bears count as a get right game for the Giants. I'm not so sure about that. I do like the Bears as a sneaky, good uh, upset pick there. Raiders minus two, a game that, you know, again, not must win because they're going to play the games after, but they got to have it. I think they do get it. Um, the Colts laying three and a half against the Titans. Now, typically the Titans have gotten the better of the Colts in our mini era. So I'm going to go against that trend and say that ice picks up where he left off. By the way, Hench, you're a, uh, you're a fancy comedy writer. What do you suppose Chris Jones said to Matty Ice? What, it, what, what, what was the referee? What was the Puritan uh, wearing the stripes? What did he hear that was like, I got to flag that? I know the situation in this game, but I, you know what? Right's right. I got to throw the flag. I, you know, there has to be a mechanism for like, I heard that. I will tell the league you will get a $50,000 fine, but I'm not going to decide this game. Like there's too much, too many people are working too hard for you to go. Um, oh, if you'd said that in front of Hockley, you'd have gotten away with it. But that word drives me crazy. Like whatever, like you can't, you just, you know, I, I mean, there, there should be language that is penalized. Uh, in the form of a fine, but you can't decide the outcome of the game. You I mean, can't. it wasn't like, ah, oh, hey, hey, you choked in that Super Bowl. Like, that wouldn't get the fly. What could he have said to him that was like, now that's too far. I, I've got to do it with with um, two minutes to go in the in the uh, uh, in the big climax well, of this game. Um, it's okay, right? It's like f bombs. Any any of your run of the mill swears have got who cares right you can't you can't uh throw the flag then i i'm assuming you didn't drop an n-bomb on him safe to say right so now you're like so what so <laughs> that would be weird collection of words no it's crazy i mean look you know you <laughs> like what but regardless it's like you can't you personally can't decide the outcome of the game or we're gonna have to start looking at your bank records like, I don't want like this is insane that, that, that there's no that no one else. There's no play on the field. There's no review. Nobody else can weigh in on this. This is your private relationship with the outcome of this game. And you're going to determine it. Uh, uh, you're going to switch the outcome because of your delicate ears. I once I was one I, about 10 years ago. I was about to interview one Roger Goodell, the commissioner of the National Football League. And about four minutes before I went out to interview him, one of my bosses came up to me and he said, uh, hey, Dave, I almost am embarrassed to say this, but, what, you know, just be careful. I know I, I know you like to I know you like to have some fun. So just just be careful with how far you take things. And I'm like, what do you think I'm going to do? What, what really what question do you think? And then I had to ruminate about what would be the line? What would be the, the comment? to Roger Goodell that would make him like, be like, that's it. Take the microphone off and be like, you are banned from any national football league activities, whatever your name is. Goodbye forever. What is the line that Kevin Hench were you a head official that would be like, Oh, I mean, listen, I'm pretty liberal with, with what I'll allow you to say, but that goes too far. What would Me? be the comment well, I, that would be like, that's too much. There, there's, <laughs> I have literally to flag nothing, it. there's nothing. I think that's right. There's nothing you could say that I would throw my flag, you know, that just you you can't. 
you know, you can go knock it off, but you can't not there. The game is. I agree with you. There's nothing. Uh, Hey, commissioner. uh, (laughs) A lot of the owners say you're a useful idiot. Respond. I, I'm just trying to imagine, like, I'm trying to imagine Sheck making it 30 seconds into the Goodell interview and just being, and then being, uh, and then just being, looking uh, at him with with prayer hands over yeah, my mouth, live at the Apollo, live at the Apollo. Sheck makes it 30 <laughs> seconds into his Goodell interview. Oh, I I came Sam I came up with like I came up with like three dozen bodier ones than that that would have that definitely would have worked. It would have been like I don't know who you are. I, I think your name's Dan, whatever it is, please show yourself the door and never enter it again. Goodbye. Um, all right. To round it out for you, I'm going Jimmy G getting right here. Keep in mind, he's barely played. He was at the bum shoulder. Then he sat out all of August on the assumption like, well, that, I, I don't want to do anything because I got to trade me. So he barely took snaps in August. He's just getting warmed up. He's I, I think he gets over this week. So lay the two and a half there. And... Um, I'm with you on Detroit, at least offensively. And Seattle is putting up points pretty much every week here. Seattle, Detroit, over 50. Sorry, fellas, got to squeeze in a quick break. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Spaghetti, run through your best bets for us. Um, quick couple college ones that I like. Um Minnesota is has been the best team in college football since 2019 in terms of covering uh, you know against the spread. Uh, they're playing Purdue at home. I think they're giving 12 and a half, which is kind of hefty, but they, they've been they've covered every single game so far this year. Also, a sneaky pick to be pretty competitive later on. And um, I also do like NC State playing Clemson. They're getting almost a touchdown, six and a half. Clemson scored a bunch of points last week, but Wake Forest gives up a ton of points. DJU hasn't playing better, but I think NC State's a tough game, and Clemson's defense has not looked as sharp as it did early in the season, which was their saving grace. I also like Will Levis a lot in Kentucky. They're getting almost a touchdown, I think six and a half, first all miss. They're on the road, but I think... it's an interesting one, yeah. Kentucky... I, was, I looked at that one a long time. He may go first overall in the NFL draft. He has a chance of winning the Heisman, and Kentucky's playing really well right now. So I, I like those bets there um, for NFL bets. You know, this. by the way, that was a great backdoor by Anthony Richardson in the Gators. They saved my bum in that it, down in uh, Knoxville with the, that late rally that they 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 really did have a shot right at the very end there to win the game. But anyway, thank you, Anthony Richardson, for uh, for pulling that one out for me. So mo- moving to NFL, I know you said you like the Bears this week. I I, I will literally. I'm not. I'm not. That's not. That's okay. not a proper best bet. I'm okay. just throw floating that one I, out there. I will. 
not root for the Giants, I will quit sports. Mortal lock of the <laughs> millennium. Like the Giants at home, they're only giving right now, it's like only giving three or three and a half. They're wearing the cool uniforms. Justin Fields has allowed the lowest amount of completions in through three games since the NFL merger. And only there's only 23 receptions by wide receivers. Like there's a number of receivers in the NFL who alone have more than that. Like they are not moving the ball down the field. The Giants are surprisingly a top 10 passing defense. So I they're going to shut them down there completely. I know Khalil Herbert had a nice game for them, but the Giants can now can game plan to stop the running attack. I just don't see how the Bears are going to score points. We're going to move the ball. I know this is off of, I, I'm basing this purely off of the language. I don't like that noise for a whole week of like, oh, we let one go on Monday night. Oh, we got the Bears though. So we're, so, so we're, we're all good. I don't know either. where you're reading All that, right, but. settle down everybody with that mentality. That doesn't work in pro football. Local. Spaghetti, are you, at all, are you at all concerned that your worlds are going to collide this week when Stone Gossard starts at wide receiver for the Giants? Well, that, that's <laughs> who I don't, who are they going to, who are they going to send out? No, there? that hinge is a great point. That, that's more of the concern. Like, I don't know where, check where you're hearing that stuff, but locally with the New York folks, the media, it's about, the receiver it's about especially too because let's not forget the Giants had the chance to draft Micah Parsons Micah Parsons on the board Giants had the 10th or 11th 10th pick or 11th pick and they traded with the you know Justin Fields now Chicago Bear because of the Giants uh and that's when the Eagles then took Devontae Smith and Micah Parsons went after so the Giants could have taken Micah Parsons they obviously traded down took Kadarius Tony and when Tony plays you know there was three games last year where he looked like the best player in the field with the ball in his hands but he has not played enough and been on the field enough. And uh, they need him back desperately. They need Wondell Robinson, the second-round pick, back desperately because Kenny Galladay, who talked a lot, did not back up his play. He's one of the worst contracts in NFL history. Uh, zero touchdowns since he signed a $72 million contract. So um, they need to figure that out. All he does is not score touchdowns. Yeah, and they, they signed him to that. So I think um, I, I they need the receiver help, and I think they'll they'll – Hopefully one of those two guys, Tony or Wanda Robinson, plays, and then they should be fine. Um, so I like the Giants to, to dominate there. Um, the I wish I felt better about the Texans because the Chargers now on Joey Bosa IR out for the year now uh, as, during this recording. They have no one left. He is? Yeah, Joey Bosa's done for Holy the year. hell for the year. IR. For, I, uh, might, I, I really might have to move on from the Chargers then. It's, not, it's nothing personal. Chargers. It's, I mean, this is too much. What, am, what, 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 what do you want me to do? I have uh, I have my reputation to preserve. They're still giving five. I mean, Texans home dog at five. I'm not sure I say it's a bets bet, but like I wish there was something. Go under. I, I don't know. Yeah. Where are points coming from in that game? Right, that's a good point. Yeah. But, I mean, Damian Pierce, I was getting it going for the Texans. But anyway, I'll round it out with my my best bet. My uh, well, second best bet because the Giants one, I think, is a lock. But this bet, I know we're going to get made fun of because I'm still not quitting this team. But. Arizona Cardinals on the road, getting a point and a half versus the Panthers. Christian McCaffrey has not practiced uh, later the later parts of this week. Anytime uh, Matt Rule, since his uh, tenure started with the Panthers, he's only had one win when the opponent scored more than 17 points. I just don't see how the Cardinals don't muster up 17 points. And if they do, that most likely means a win for the Cardinals. They're a better team, more talented team than the Panthers, especially if McCaffrey's banged up or not playing. Uh, they will get right in this game. So I like the Cardinals getting a point and a half. I think that's a that's the one to circle where if the Cardinals destroy Carolina, that it's not inconceivable that that could be the final nail for Matt Rule. But if the Panthers build on last week and they double-digit beat the Cards, I could see... 
Cliff Kingsbury, although now they're just into him for all that money, so it wouldn't make sense for them to <laughs> fire Kingsbury. But, man, you I know love, where this is going based on what Kingsbury's done in regular seasons. It's a, it's a down – every year the team gets worse as it goes along. They're, so they better win this one. Go By ahead. the way, 17 points in regulation would be a shootout for the Cardinals at this point. Like, wow, that's, that's their ceiling. I don't know what is on Cliff Kingsbury's laminate, but there are no plays that work. Oh yeah, but that's true, bro. That's uh, that's uh, where I uh, I I wish I were disciplined enough and uh, and uh, would roll up my sleeves and shoulder to the wheel and nose to the grindstone and all those other things um, to figure this out. Are odds makers reacting to the low point totals? Like I'd like to see the year to year this year versus the last five years, as a for instance. The numbers have to be coming down. I mean, look, you look at it just to eyeball it. 40 and a half, 42, 42 and a half, 40 and a half, 39. These are not NFL point totals. I mean, this is, uh, this is grave. And the best of all, that's the best stat going, I think, is uh, 20 games into his regular season games, Mac Jones has never beaten a team that scored more than 14 points. That's, that's crazy. And, <laughs> and uh, um, we'll see if, uh, well, uh, you know, what's interesting 10, about those, those point totals is this is in an era where now everybody goes for it on fourth and two at the 43, right? So this should lead to more points because either you're going to score points or you're going to give them the ball in great field position. No one's punting. Like, it's so crazy how how the defenses are dominating. I will – I'll break the tie. Uh, I'm with Spaghetti on his Giants. Uh, I I like them to bounce back against the Woeful Bears. Um, uh, The one flag I was going to throw – I. It's funny because earlier in the podcast, three and a half hours ago, you 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 said that the Broncos were very uh, you know two fumbles inside the one from being three and zero, and they are and they are going to get better, and and that's the the one the one pick I would disagree with you on on. I think the Broncos are going to get better, and the Raiders are who they are, and uh, I, I I see Josh McDaniels falling to. Five and twenty-one. Oh man, that is. Imagine. I always talk about home field disadvantage, and if they're down uh, two scores at halftime, imagine that Vegas crowd. That's not going to be a friendly atmosphere with with Devonte Adams there and otherwise. Early line for Week Five that makes me laugh is uh, the Steelers are plus thirteen against Buffalo. Plus 13. What's happened here? Let's get it together again, them Jetropolitan. Shall we, Coach Tomlin? We'll be back after this sports weekend to break it all down for you and try and make sense of it for you. Uh, until then, for Kevin Hench, Eddie Spaghetti, everybody at the Extra Points Network, make sure you're listening to Mr. Lister on Tuesday night, Waiver Wired on Tuesdays, all the rest of the great shows on the Extra Points Network. And until next week, thanks so much, sports fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.